listening to the Save the Marriage podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. One of the things I've often noted is, is my concern for marriage therapy. And so that often raises the question for people on, am I just opposed to marriage therapy? It's a great question, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about that in this episode of the Save the Marriage podcast, because a lot of people have just decided that I'm anti-therapy, and that is not the case. I am cautious about marriage therapy, and I want to tell you why that is and why uh, I think that there are some problems, and then we'll talk a little bit about what to do given that. So marital therapy is the primary way that people try to resolve marriage problems. Let's talk a little bit just briefly about marriage itself. So the statistics on marriage are pretty dicey, as you probably already know. Somewhere in the vicinity of 50% of all marriages end in divorce in the United States. That can vary from country to country, uh, and we're watching a little shift happen. Uh, We're not sure what's going to happen in these next couple of decades because a lot of people who are at that that marriage age that we would have considered between the 20s and 30s, which is when a lot of people enter their first marriage, are actually delaying getting married anyway. So we'll see how those statistics play out. Uh, They are seeming to change a little bit because when people put off marriage, when they finally do get married, they often stay together and and end up not divorcing as frequently. So we'll see what happens with those statistics. But let's just go with the statistics that have been with us for a number of decades now. And that is that about half of marriages end in divorce. So the half that don't end in divorce, that doesn't mean that they are all happy and everything has worked out. It means that they've avoided divorce. Some people have figured out how to have a happy marriage And they've gone on, and others just have decided to limp along, and they've gone on too. So those are already the background pieces. It's not that you can predict uh, a marriage based on a flip of a coin, but if you look at all marriages, it is a flip of a coin on whether a marriage is going to survive or not. So we have that as a background. Now let's talk about what happens with marital therapy. When somebody says, hey, my marriage is in trouble, their first place of intervention is often marriage therapy. At least let me say that differently. It's their first external way of getting help. Most people along the way have already tried to do things on their own. They've already tried to fight differently or to not argue about things or to kiss and make up better or some other strategy that they thought might work to kind of put things off. And and one of the things that often happens and I know this because I've talked with so many thousands of couples over the years, is that along the way, somebody says, okay, this will be different. It'll be different this time. I'll change. They make the promises of change without knowing how to make the changes. And what generally happens, at least the first few times, is when you say, I'll change, and a spouse believes you, then things get a little bit better until things don't change, and they float, They kind of float back to a crisis. And every time we make that turn of crisis to you know, seeming resolution back to crisis, the spiral goes downward. It gets a little harder to pull back. And so one of the things that we already know is that by the time people go to therapy, there often are some pretty entrenched problems. So that's one of the issues that's already there. I'm going to talk about that a little little bit more later on in in the podcast. 
So now let's talk about what happens when people go to therapy. When people go to therapy, about 50% still divorce. In fact, kind of newer studies show that in the first four years after therapy, 38% still divorce. And overall, about 50% divorce even after going to therapy, which basically means that that's not any different than the general population. If there are 100 couples, just the general 100 couples period that you pull out, half of them are going to divorce. If you now take 100 couples that went to therapy, half of them are going to divorce. There's no difference in that number. Not only that, but depending on which study you look at, 10 to 15% of couples who go to marital therapy say that it even helped at all. So out of 100 couples... 10 or 15, depending on the research, 10 or 15 would say, yep, that helped. Out of 10 couples that go to therapy, one couple will say, yep, that helped. Maybe one and a half will say, yeah, that helped. So it's interesting that it doesn't change the outcome, 50% still divorce, and only 10 or 15% would say that it helped them, and yet people still see that as their first level of defense, the first thing that they can do when things are not going well. So people still go to therapy. Now, I want you to imagine this. It's the same thing I've said many times in other places. If you go to the doctor's office and the doctor says, hey, you've got this illness and you've got to have this process. Now, if you do nothing, it's a 50-50 chance that you're going to be okay. But we want you to go have this procedure. And it's a 50-50 chance on whether you're going to be okay or not. But here's the good news. There's about a 10%, maybe 15% chance that you'll actually improve. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to sign up for those odds because there's a 85 to 90% chance that I'm not going to get any better for that process. So, and I'm not guaranteed that I'm going to be any better, period. So why would I do that? And yet that's exactly how we set it up for therapy. So I'm concerned about the outcome. So Am I against therapy? No, not in principle. I am very clear that marriages are in trouble in our country. I'm very clear that many marriages that should not end do end. I'm not opposed to people trying to get help for their marriage. In principle, I am all about finding healing and help for a marriage. And I'm all about the fact that therapy has the potential for doing that. Now, just to be very clear about this and very transparent, I spent a lot of years training to be a therapist, not just a therapist, but a marriage and family therapist. I did supervision for years with people who were teaching me to be a marriage and family therapist. I did classes for years. I did two masters and a PhD. They were all aimed at therapy and particularly at marriage and family therapy. My background is as a therapist. I saw people in a therapy office for a number of years. Eventually, I realized that I was much more of a coach than a therapist, and I realized that there are things that I could do as a a coach that I could not do as a therapist, and I stepped away 
to be providing more coaching uh, and more help for people who are having trouble in their marriage and maybe marriage therapy didn't work or they don't trust that marriage and fam- marriage therapy will work or they have a spouse who doesn't want to do therapy. I knew there had to be some other ways of helping. So I'm not against therapy. That's my background. That's my training. I still am a clinical member in the American Association of Marriage and Family Therapists. I still am a part of the premier uh, part of how we say this person has trained to become a marriage and family therapist. I just now practice as a relationship coach, not against therapy in principle, but I'm concerned about the outcome. I do believe that there are great theories about uh, what happens in a marriage and how things get in trouble in a marriage and even great theories on how to make it back. And those great theories, some of them are actually accurate, (laughs) but there are a lot of theories out there that don't hold a lot of water that still make it into clinical practice. For a number of years, the go-to approach in marital therapy was communication theory. The theory was that communication was the problem in a relationship. And so if we could just teach them to be better communicators, they'll get better. The problem is, All that was happening was people were becoming better communicators, so they were fighting much more effectively, but they were still fighting. They were no closer to resolution. A lot of times, some of the theories that have been out there have been so esoteric and so complex that it's very hard to translate that down into how that helps an individual. And yet, there are some great therapists out there doing great therapy with lots of people. I know some of them. My wife is one of them. So there are still people who do great therapy with people. Now, let's understand statistics. When I was quoting statistics and outcome statistics and and how many people are helped, that's based on a large population, not about a particular couple, not about a particular therapist. Every time I do a podcast where I talk about uh, marriage therapy, I have some therapists who contact me and say, my therapy is not like that. First of all, I don't know those people, so I can't comment on whether it's true or not. But second, I'm not talking about each person. I've never said that every therapist in the world is horrible. And I've never said that everybody who goes to therapy will find it to be useless. So anecdotally, yes, there are people who get better in therapy and save their marriage. And yes, there are therapists who are doing great jobs and helping lots of couples. If I walk around that room and it's filled with people, a hundred people are in there and I walk into 10 of them and say, tell me your experience about therapy. Those 10 might all say, oh, it helped us. It saved our marriage because statistically, while only those 10 got better in that room of a hundred, anecdotally, there were some who did. That's the nature of statistics. So understand that when I'm talking about this, we're looking at gross figures. I'm not talking about a specific therapist, and I'm not talking about a specific couple. There are therapists who are doing great work, and there are couples who get better and get help from therapy. But here are some issues that I have, just so you you, kind of know. I've talked about this a couple of times. I want to expand on a few today. First of all, there's an issue with therapy training. There are lots of people who say that they are marriage therapists when they have had no formal training in marital therapy. 
there is a difference between individual therapy and marital therapy. There is both an approach, meaning the theory behind it, and a practice, meaning what they do and how they do it, that is significantly different between an individual therapist and a marriage therapist. There are lots of great individual therapists who do not make such great marital therapists because they understand the individual and they think they can apply that to two individuals. But the nature of marriage is that it's not about being two individuals. That's not the nature of it. And so because of that, we have a difference with that. So issue number one. Therapists who are uh, saying that they're marriage and family therapists, but they are not trained as marriage and family therapists. Individual therapists need to have a full retooling in order to do marital therapy. It's just a different thing. The second factor is therapist skills, both overall and specifically. Let me say what I mean by that. All therapists are not the same. I've met some very talented therapists and I've met the people who got their degrees, but I'm not sure they're great therapists. And when we talk any conversation with lots of therapists, they can say, you know, that person's a great therapist. So if this person is a great therapist, that means it's compared to somebody else. That's always the nature. If I were going to find a doctor, I would want to know who everybody thinks is the best doctor in that specialty. I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing because there are different levels. Just because somebody's got a degree doesn't mean that they're at the same level as everyone else. So overall, there are some great therapists and there are some that are not so great. There are some who are still seasoning, still learning their skills, and some that have been doing it for years and have much more depth. Now, years in service isn't necessarily the same as being skilled. So understand I'm not, not equating those, but there is, is the fact that you know, sometimes it takes a while to catch up to speed, but there is also the factor that just some are more naturally skilled at it than others. Then there is the, the matter of having the skills based on training and based on uh, approach. And so... Sometimes there is a marital therapist who is trained as a marital therapist that has a limited repertoire, limited number of skills that they can bring to it, as opposed to somebody else who's continued to learn and grow and develop as a therapist. So understand that, that there is a therapist issue. Some are not trained to be marriage, and ther- uh, marriage therapists, and others uh, aren't as skilled as being a marriage therapist. They might have been trained at it. That doesn't mean that they're all the same. So the first issue when we're looking at what happens in therapy is about the therapist. The rest of it is not, though. For instance, the timing of therapy. Sometimes people go to therapy when their relationship is absolutely crashing and burning. It's the last resort. They've been hanging out for a long time trying to avoid it. A spouse says, hey, we need to go to therapy. Oh, no, no, I'll change. We'll change. We'll get better. And they put it off and they put it off. And every rotation of the spiral down makes it harder to come back. So by the time they go to therapy, they're already at their wits end. They're almost at the end anyway. And so that makes a difference in the outcome. This isn't true for all all clients, but there are some who have continued to spiral downward for so long that by the time they go to therapy, they're already so deeply in trouble that it's hard to turn it around, especially when both people are in the room together. 
One of the things I did when I was working as a therapist was I did a lot of premarital counseling, trying to help people get ready for marriage, trying to get people ready to walk into their marriage as prepared as they could be on this side of getting married. And one of the things I really try to do is because I recognize that when people are getting married, they all think that they have it. (laughs) We all believe that our love will conquer all, that we've got the love thing down. Maybe others didn't. Maybe our parents didn't. Maybe, you know, our siblings didn't. Our friends didn't. All those other people that had failed marriages, they didn't have the love that we have. We'll beat this. That's their belief. And because of that, they aren't necessarily listening so well about what might happen. And so part of what I did as a premarital therapist was to make sure they understood when to come back to therapy if things got tough. Because I didn't want them as far down the spiral as they might otherwise be. Because the sooner you get to a problem, the easier it is to resolve. It's kind of like physical illness. You know, if you catch something in early stages, sometimes that can be corrected. Sometimes you can do something before things get so bad. And so the third issue in therapy is the timing of therapy, how far down the spiraling has happened. The fourth issue is that a lot of times people, frankly, use marital therapy as an exit strategy to get a professional's blessing on it. So they go to therapy, but one of them is primarily there to get the therapist to say, you're right, this won't work, you need to get a divorce. They just want an official blessing of their problem. That's not using marriage therapy in order to restore a relationship. It's using marriage therapy to prove a point to a spouse. So a lot of times people go to therapy, one hoping to change things, but the other wanting to get the blessings to end things. And that doesn't help the process of therapy. The fifth issue is that a lot of times spouses come into therapy expecting the spouse, the other spouse, to do the changing. They come into therapy knowing that they are the ones who are in the right. And they spend all of therapy trying to convince the other person that they need to change instead of seeing that they themselves might need to make a change. They're looking to try to make the, uh, the spouse change. Whenever we're locked into trying to get a spouse to change, we're missing the fact that we can make changes along the way. Frankly, we're the only change that we can make happen. We can't make somebody else change. We can only decide we're going to change ourselves. But if a spouse comes into therapy convinced that the spouse needs to make a change and they're unwilling to see their own role in it, the change isn't going to happen because in marriage therapy, it takes both people working towards building something. Which brings us to the sixth problem. And the sixth problem is that the therapy is about finding a referee. What's really happening is the couple wants to find somebody to say who's right and who's wrong. They're not there to figure out how to build something better. They're there to try to prove who's right and who's wrong and get a professional to referee the fights they're having. A lot of times they've been fighting for a long time and they don't recognize that the fighting itself is the issue. They just think that they don't do it well, that if they just had somebody who would tell them who's right in each matter, that then they would finally solve them. They're not using conflict even to build something. They're using it to prove a point. They're trying to find a ref. Those are the core pieces. There are other pieces to why I have some concerns about marriage but, or marital therapy, but those are the big ones. And recognize that this isn't about therapy itself, 
but the therapists, the training of a therapist, the skills of the therapist, and the clients coming in, whether they have timed it wrong, that they've waited too long, or maybe they're only wanting somebody to say, yes, you need to divorce, or maybe they're wanting the spouse to have to change, or maybe they're just wanting a referee. When those pieces happen, therapy has a low likelihood of working. So what do you do? Let's say it's you who wants to make a difference. You're concerned about therapy, or maybe you've even tried therapy and found that it's exactly what I talked about, and you're not ready to do that again, or maybe a spouse is not ready to do that. Maybe you have a spouse who's not even willing to think about getting help for the marriage. So what do you do? Over the last few weeks, I've noticed I've said to many people, you can't do marital therapy by yourself. I've had a number of people say, well, I've been, I've been going to marriage counseling. And I'll say, well, how do you and your spouse do? And they say, oh, my spouse hasn't been to marriage counseling. Well, you can't do marriage counseling without having both people there. But you can still do work on your relationship. That's the aim of my system. The Save the Marriage system was designed to help even one person work on that themselves. Now, just to be honest, people have said one person can't save a marriage. That's correct. But one person can start the process that leads to resolution. Somebody has to start it. And if that's you, step up, grab the system. Let's get started. If you start now, along the way, after you grab my system, I'm going to offer you a free week of my VIP virtual coaching. It'll be a part of the process. You can say no to it, but I suggest that you take that free week And really learn from some of the strategies I've put there and the fill in the blank plan and some of the the training on building an apology letter and how to connect and how to give space and how to understand all of those pieces as part of my VIP program. And we're going to make sure that one of my coaches contacts you to get you started. It's a a short session just to get you started. Make sure that you're doing the best things you can to get started. That, That session is no obligation, just our way of making sure that you're on track and really getting started the best way you can with the system. But the starting point is the system. You can find that by going to savethemarriage.com. That's savethemarriage.com. And this is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.